Welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast, where we help supplement and functional food brands create better products. Today's host is Todd Runstead, Senior Editor. Hi there, this is Todd Runstead. I am Senior Editor at Informa. And today we're having a podcast with Chris Killam, the medicine hunter, as you uh, no doubt know him. Uh, Chris also does uh, work with various companies in the trade. I know um, you, uh, do, you're an advisor to Ixo Real, which is the makers of KSM 66, the ashwagandha. Um, you also uh, work with Verdant Oasis, which is a CBD hemp oil brand, because, you know, who doesn't work in the hemp CBD business these days? Um, you know, this is interesting because maybe six months ago, all we were going to talk about probably with Chris is uh, is is hemp and CBD. Uh, however, the world has changed in the last uh, couple months. And uh, let's talk COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Uh, it, it almost sounds like <laughs> almost sounds like the name of a band and not a not a very good one, but not a one hit wonder either. Um, yeah, kind of COVID-19 and the pandemic. Right. <laughs> and the pandemics. I mean, I hate to say I love it, but yeah. Um, so, you know, Chris, you're perhaps the industry's leading globetrotter traveling the world in search of botanical healing agents, hence medicine hunter. So first, let's talk about, you know, a, a lot of your travels and, and humanitarian issues around the world. I, I understand, like, right before this pandemic hit, you were kind of in the South Seas somewhere, right? What was, what was going on there? Well, uh, you know, I've had a 25-year uh, involvement with Vanuatu, South Pacific, specifically with the kava trade. I first went down there in 95 and was one of the people that helped to start what we know as the kava industry today. And I went back there on behalf of a, a client to do some work and was really fortunate to go, you know, to the outer islands, to go to very remote villages, to, to go to a couple of places where when uh, the guy that, that I traveled with and I would go in, they would say, you know, you're the first non-native people who have ever drunk kava in our village. And uh, so it was a, a tremendous pleasure. And what was wonderful about it is that uh, the fortunes of the kava growers have really risen. They run the show. Uh, they get to say what they're going to charge. And as a result, you know, they have uh, better homes, better clothing. Uh, people have trucks, uh, outboard engines. It, it, it has changed for them. And, and sadly, uh, shortly after I returned and COVID-19 descended upon us all like an angry bird, clone uh, that basically sat over the outer islands for way too long with 145 mile an hour winds and pretty much everything that I saw was destroyed. So uh, this is the second time in a few years that it has happened to them. So it's a kind of a bittersweet story, really. Mm. And uh, well, what about some of the other far flung areas around the world? Uh, weren't you also in India? I, you know, every country in the world has been affected by this pandemic. And do you see that, that some of these, well, what we might call second or third world countries are are in a in a tighter spot or they were sort of so on the low rung of the economic ladder anyway that it's kind of the same old thing well no i mean look we're we are uh, a global economy and i think that um every every nation gets hit you know one way or another i mean again if you use the example of 
as uh, this whole pandemic really got rolling, every last airplane or ship that would typically come in there stopped and that revolutionized their lives overnight. And we see, you know, I have friends all over Peru who are under lockdown, some in the Amazon and they can't get out and others in, you know, neighborhoods of Lima, but they're all they're all struggling in different ways. And, and um, you know, this this is having an effect on India with its lockdown, this is having a tremendous effect on all kinds of industries there, including the botanical industry. You know, uh, if people aren't out there, you know, working in the fields in supply and working in the drying facilities and working in the extraction facilities and doing the herb cleaning and sorting and all of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of types of jobs that occur constantly all over the globe from Africa to Asia to the Amazon to the Pacific, um, that all that stops eventually the supply starts to dry up and we're seeing that now. So uh, this is a, not only a, a horrible pandemic in terms of the, the toll of human deaths, but it's also horrible in terms of how it's uh, really destroying economies and, and creating enormous uh, hardship for many people all around the world. Do you think from a commercial basis that maybe some of the larger suppliers they had enough inventory to be able to kind of stave off some of the, the this shutdown of labor in some of these areas around the world for at least well, the short well, term? Yeah, a short term, certainly, Todd. Um, but, you know, if you have, I mean, I, I'm thinking, for example, of the NatureX uh, extraction facility. Uh, you know, I worked with NatureX for a long, long time, and they're they're a huge company. They were, you know, they can go through ten tons of a particular herb every month without fail, and do that with dozens and dozens of herbs. So there's only so much warehouse space you can actually have. And yes, I do think that. I mean, I know for certain that. Uh, you know, many of the good companies stockpile extracts and other things, but given that the supplement market is up now in many in right. many respects because of COVID-19, that only creates much more pressure on the market and much more demand for supply. Right. And, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of these traditional botanicals that help with immunity. For me, one of the one of the big increases in sales that we see is elderberry. And so there's a couple of different issues I'd like to talk about uh, with regards to elderberry. One is uh, adulteration issues uh, since it, it seems to be the, you know, the, the case anytime that there is an ingredient that pops, be it saw palmetto or, or what have you, all of a sudden you're going to have adulteration issues. Have you heard any of that coming to light yet? Or is that just a concern to be mindful of? And and what do ingredient buyers need to do to, to help uh, ensure that the ingredients that they're buying are not adulterated? This is one of those circumstances where because of the tremendous demand, there's actually, you know, more more elderberry being sold out there than supply. Um, we saw that with St. John's Wort in 1996, I think, you know, all of a sudden there was just a lot more St. John's Wort on the market than had been harvested or extracted. Um, people do cheat, you know, people do purple dye all kinds of stuff and throw in some anthocyanins and say it's elderberry. But, you know, also, I, I think that uh, we're, we'll be coming back into season for different harvests around the world. 
uh, with elderberry, I mean, mostly European harvest, and we'll see a restock of of that. Um, You know, elderberry is interesting because it demonstrates activity against the H1N1, you know, common flu virus, which is a coronavirus, uh, which does not mean that in any way at all it inhibits, uh, you know, SARS-CoV-2, the the virus that causes COVID-19. We don't have evidence of that. Um, But nonetheless, uh, it has been the single most popular botanical as a result of its antiviral association. Right. So you think it's beyond mere just immune boosting or immune enhancement a la echinacea? Well, like are, are consumers that savvy enough the to, thing, to Todd, pick you know, up I mean, on? We, well, we, we all accept that having a good uh, immune system is, is only a wonderful thing. There's no question about that. But we don't know, you know, the extent to which a good immune system can protect you against COVID-19. And that might initially sound counterintuitive. But if you think about, for example, the Native Americans at the time of colonization, you know, these were really hardy people living, you know, tough lives in harsh environments, powerful, strong, obviously very good immune systems. But when they were introduced to smallpox, which was something with which they had not, uh, you know, they, they hadn't been exposed to before, they were devastated. So we don't have a guarantee, sadly, that a strong immune system will protect us from COVID-19. There is a sensibility to it, but we actually don't have proof of that. There is so much we don't know. We still don't know if this, you know, really originated from the, uh, you know, the Boshu meat market in Wuhan or one of the two nearby labs, as some scientists there have suggested. We don't know. You know, we don't know, um, you know, how many people are actually walking around infected who are asymptomatic. We don't have a clue. And we do not know the actual mortality. That's been uh, really called into question this this week with some new reports. It could be uh, more than double the numbers that we've seen. So uh, there are tremendous unknowns with this. Not to get too far into the weeds on elderberry, but are you at all familiar? familiar with the elderberry cytokine storm and how that might uh, affect um, people's susceptibility to the coronavirus? Well, okay. First of all, the elderberry cytokine storm thing, you know, it it reported, it reported an increase of pro-inflammatory cytokines, but what it didn't report was the corresponding increase in anti-inflammatory cytokines, which is just plain irresponsible. Um, One of the women who was part of that initial paper and study wrote a letter for one of the science magazines saying she regretted being part of it because how it was being misused. Um, We don't have any evidence at all that elderberry extract would cause a cytokine storm among people infected with COVID-19. We just don't have that at all. Uh, You know, what we know is that um, this is a safe food that has been part and parcel of European uh, nutrition and the whole, uh, you know, traditional medicine uh, system of Europe forever, for a long time. You know, Hippocrates called elder his medicine chest. Um, And, you know, so I I do believe that this is, um, you know, incorrect reporting, uh, basically pure and simple. Um, 
you know, when people are in the advanced stages of COVID-19, when they're really going down, often they wind up in what is called a cytokine storm where these pro-inflammatory, you know, cytokines just go wild. And and that's usually kind of the death blow for people who do die of this of this disease. And it it happens to people, you know, whether they're taking elderberry or not. Uh, So we don't even have anything causal to go by with this. I'm very suspicious that a safe, wholesome fruit that's been consumed for thousands of years by hundreds of, you know, not hundreds of millions, but at least tens of millions of human beings over time would suddenly be, you know, potentially fatally inflammatory. It makes no sense. All right, fair enough. Let's move on from elderberry, but let's talk about some other botanicals that might show some help in this pandemic world. And we're going to get back to um, uh, uh, everybody's favorite fun botanical of the last uh, couple of years, and that's cannabis. Now, some people pshaw when they first hear it, but I think if we hear you out, you might be able to contribute something to this, that hemp as a non-psychoactive cannabis sativa, it could actually offer beneficial compounds essential to overall physical, emotional, and mental health. Obviously, it doesn't prevent, cure, or treat COVID-19, but what role might it play in this effort? Well, I I think that uh, people are very mindful of anti-inflammatory agents of different kinds, uh, anti-stress agents, you know, it, I mean, the brief and probably people know this is that our bodies have what's known as the endocannabinoid system, which basically runs every other system in the body or, or helps to you know, helps to, uh, you know, keep them harmonized between them. Digestion, car, you know, cardiovascular activity, respiration, kidney function, uh, brain function and protection, all of it, the whole kit, sexual and reproductive health. Uh, and um the cannabinoids from cannabis sativa, and, and in this case, the non-psychoactive uh, act, you know, plant that is still rich in CBD as part of a total group of cannabinoids, we know that this uh, is very advantageous for helping to reduce stress. We know that. We have data on that. Very good data published on PubMed. We know that this is profoundly anti-inflammatory, and we know from uh, the United States government's own patent on cannabis and cannabinoids uh, that these agents are powerfully neuroprotective, um, and, and we see uh, inflammatory activity in the brain and the nervous system as part of COVID-19. So what I think is as follows a CBD-rich hemp oil product that has all of the other cannabinoids. So you also get that entourage effect that we know um, enhances the biological activity of this stuff. Uh, I think it's nothing but a smart idea for helping to control potential inflammation, uh, for helping to reduce stress. I mean, people are stressed out. You know it's so. I, I see people with worried looks in their eyes and they're afraid to walk past people. And, you know, it, it's really quite extreme in some cases. And anything that can mitigate that, um, I think is a good thing. And in this 
particular instance, we have good science, very good science on stress and the relief of mild to moderate anxiety with CBD-rich hemp oil. So uh, I feel very good about that at this point in time, certainly from a stress standpoint, but that's something you want, you want in your pocket and in your pocketbook. Right, right. And, and, and it can help you sleep. And it's interesting, uh, just from this conversation, I, I had been of the mind of, well, if, if you take something like CBD and if it helps with stress and if it helps with your sleep, that's just going to help your overall constitution be stronger. And maybe that could help, uh, you know, in the face of some viral onslaught, not saying that it, it, it will you know, necessarily specifically treat uh, COVID-19. But, but as you just pointed out with the Native Americans and smallpox, when you've got a novel compound like the novel coronavirus, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter if you're strong or weak, really, I, I, I guess, like you're going to yeah. get it. Although, yes. although you, you do see like in Italy it, it, and, and even in America, you see it uh, really having profound effects in elderly communities and, uh, you know, old folks' homes. So I don't know. Is, well, part of, part does, of that does it help know, if you've got part, a good constitution, you know? So in a nursing home environment, yes, you do have seniors and we know that seniors can have compromised immune systems. And, you know, we see all kinds of diseases that, uh, you know, hurt seniors more. So that is it's, it's entirely plausible that it's the strength of the immune system to an extent. But it's also the case that if one or two people in a senior's facility get um you know, get COVID-19, that the spread is going to be much more rapid because of the concentration of everything they touch and where they're breathing and in that closed environment. Yeah, absolutely. So this is just a really fascinating conversation we're having with Chris Killam, the medicine hunter. Let's talk about another kind of aspect that it you know, we can rationalize it, its fit into this conversation. And I know you do a lot of work with ashwagandha, which is not known to be an immune enhancer per se, but it does have a healthy halo about it. It does have a health power and it seems to work both physically and uh, mentally. Right. So what, what what's the story there? Well, this is kind of an interesting thing that has emerged in the past two weeks or so, Todd. And uh, I'll be, you know, very cautious about this. Uh, certain parts of the Indian government, uh, the Ministry of Ayush, which uh, has Ayurveda under it, and um, the you know the Prime Minister Modi himself have come out very, very bullish on. Uh, Ayurveda as a plausible treatment or possible cure for COVID-19. And they've really propped up ashwagandha as their primary target candidate for sort of the magic herb that's going to save the day. And in in a way that, that as far as I'm concerned, uh, goes far ahead of the known science. Um, They've come up with some really interesting charts on the extent to which ashwagandha is known to, you know, downregulate certain inflammatory enzymes and, uh, you know, lower cortisol and therefore, you know, help with stress. And, and there, you know, there's very good evidence against controlling uh, stress with ashwagandha as a result of lowering cortisol. And 
actually what the Indian government is doing is is they're really pushing this as kind of the you know the the heroic remedy and they're doing a lot of studies around it and you know at this point in time there is no evidence whatsoever that this will prevent or treat or cure covid-19 at all but the rationale that they're putting into it and the literature that they're putting into it and the charts and graphs are are really impressive. It's a, clearly a sustained effort. Yeah, well, and and if it works, uh, you know, against stress and it has certain sexual health properties, that's not so bad when you're in a lockdown with families, right? We can we can rest assured, based on very good human clinical studies, in addition to 4,000 years of safe use among hundreds of millions of people, that ashwagandha really does relieve stress, uh, you know, help people to get a better night's sleep. I mean, its species name, you know, is somnifera, as in tend to sleep. Uh, and, um, you know, so so we can feel very good about that. In both men and women, uh, in human studies, we see improvements in sexual satisfaction and performance and different parameters of, of sexual activity. So, yeah, I, we, we, can, we can feel very good about the stress-relieving and sexual benefits of ashwagandha, whatever else it might or might not do for COVID-19. Okay, that's great. You know, this has been a, a fascinating conversation we've been having with Chris Kill and the Medicine Hunter. You can't help but talk about the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, state of health that we're talking about. Uh, but it, it's been a really good conversation to talk about uh, some of the botanicals and some of the situations around the world uh, that Chris, the Medicine Hunter, you are experiencing. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us today. And we will see you all on a next episode of the Natural Products Insider podcast. Thank you for listening to a Healthy Insider Podcast, now available on Apple Podcasts or through Google Play. Subscribe now to never miss an episode.